welcome to The Mary Mack Show, where we will be talking about your feelings, experiences, and pain following the death of a loved one. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Wherever you find yourself in this entire world, I welcome you. So how are you doing, my friend, my warrior? I certainly hope this week finds you well. I would like you to visit my store, the Mary Max store, where you'll find lovely gifts for yourself and another bereaved friend or relative, especially our I Remember collection. Partial proceeds from everything that is sold in this store goes to help support the Foundation for Grieving Children, Inc., which I established many years ago. I also want to acknowledge the citizens of India, as COVID has taken on another surge. Please know that last year, when we were first struggling with this in America, I created several episodes specifically on this, and I will leave the exact episode numbers in the show notes for you. And please know I'm thinking of you and sending you much love. Today, I'd like to discuss the intellectual challenges that occur after a loved one's death. Now, we might feel confusion, like our brain is fuzzy. We have an inability to concentrate at times. We get preoccupied and find ourselves daydreaming and staring off into space. We can experience hallucinations, whereby we might be sitting somewhere and feel like we can actually see our loved ones in the room with us. For those who have experienced this, although it may be startling, it often brings a great sense of comfort. Or we feel their presence in different ways. A few years after my husband's daughter was murdered, we were invited to the home of Louisa, whose daughter Maria had been murdered also and was a member of our support group. As we enjoyed tea that Sunday afternoon, the front door slowly opened. As we all looked up, our hostess replied, Oh, that's just Maria coming in to join us. And it was obvious how comforting this was for Louisa. Now, some may find this unsettling, but not her guests. It was her way of acknowledging her daughter's presence into the room. She told us later that ever since Maria was killed, this had been happening on a regular basis. She would be sitting in the room, reading or knitting, and all of a sudden the inner door would unlock and slowly swing open, while the screen door 
would stay in place, and she gained great comfort from that. Now, some of my personal challenges was it felt like a fog was there, a sense of feeling that fog for so long. I had become less mentally strong. I was losing my emotional strength. And it was necessary to become mentally strong again to handle the pressures of high-level jobs and the people in those companies who I might be working with or leading. It can be hard to concentrate and focus. You might even feel confused at times, either in your thoughts or while working. It can be unsettling because you're asking yourself, What's really real? But many of us have experienced this. Especially in the beginning, we have a hard time with our work. Yes, we know our work. We may have been doing it for a long while. But now, we feel like it's a much greater challenge to do than before. We try our best to act like we have everything in order at work. We put on the mask to make everyone think all is okay. But underneath, we may feel concerned that we aren't fooling anyone. And we struggle to produce in the manner we once did. Our thoughts seem so fuzzy. We might even struggle to get through the day. And when we finally get home from work, we are exhausted mentally and physically. And unfortunately, we have other family responsibilities too, which doesn't give us the time we need to take care of ourselves. Well, I want you to know that this is natural and normal. In the beginning of our grieving process, we are in shock and there is a bubble which surrounds us. It is there to keep us sane. It is there to protect us from the trauma we are experiencing after our loved one's death. You might feel as though you are living in that fog, going through daily activities and sometimes not aware of how you got there, or how you finished a task either at work or at home, how you drove all the way to work and you don't remember any of it. It may seem surreal to you, and if this is your first loss, you might not understand what is going on. But I want you to know that this is what happens when we are shocked to our core, and it will take many months for this fog to be lifted. And the sad part is that when this fog is lifted, you may feel even worse because you won't be able to deny now what has happened. The reality will set in, and you can't lie to yourself any longer. Your loved one really is dead. They will not be coming home to you. They really won't be coming in the door for dinner. They really won't be waking up next to you. They really won't be next to you in life to build the plans you both chose together. And because you've been living in the bubble or fog for many months, chances are you don't do anything more 
than what is expected of you. You don't socialize much. You might have tried to keep up with your college classes but found it quite hard. You might have decided to not take those hobby classes you wanted to just now. You might have decided joining that group right now was much too much for you. So your brain really took a hiatus. It needed it. It needed to just be still and try to comprehend all that has happened. It needed to focus on only the essential tasks, which is all you felt you could handle. And that was perfectly okay. You knew it was just too much to add more obligations. And during those months, you might have thought you heard their voice. Or you might have been walking down the street and could have sworn you saw their back. And you raced to that person, whipped yourself in front of them, only to find out it wasn't them. So what if you felt embarrassed? You needn't care. Or you're driving in the car, and the same exact car that they drove goes flying by, and you speed up to catch a glimpse of the driver, hoping beyond hope that somehow it will be them. And you have dreamt this entire nightmare. We try so hard to trick ourselves so we can somehow learn that we are wrong. They didn't die. They weren't murdered. They weren't killed in that car crash. They didn't overdose on those drugs. They didn't take their own life. Oh, wouldn't it be wonderful if that were the case? We try so hard to fib ourselves intellectually, but we eventually come back to Earth a little while later, only to rediscover we are wrong. This really happened. And even though we hate it, it's the truth. So as the months go by and the fog is lifted, as I mentioned, it will get harder. We can't lie to ourselves anymore, but during the beginning of our grief, we did only what needed to be done. And we might find what I used to call feeling like my brain has turned to mush. <laughs> I was so consumed with my pain that I didn't read much outside of work. I didn't watch documentaries and read biographies like I did before my stepdaughter's murder. I wasn't keeping my mind keen and nimble, active and alert. It just felt like it was weak. I even felt like my confidence had decreased. I didn't have the energy or the will to keep up with friends and gatherings and hobbies. And once home, I just wanted to eat and go to bed. It just felt easier. Now maybe you feel that too. Maybe you have curtailed most of your activities and the things that made you happy and felt fun for you. And now you might feel like giving all that up just now. Well, that may be. And you are certainly entitled to take time for yourself and care for yourself more so than you ever have before. 
and your mind is taking in so much pain, as well as your emotional system and physical body. So you need this time for you. And if you have many family obligations, which cannot be passed on to anyone else, either because no one else can indeed take them on, or everyone in the household is grieving together, then it would be wise to consciously set aside a particular time for yourself each day, when you won't be disturbed and alert everyone to that time. If that means going into your room, shutting the door, putting on soft music, and just write in your journal, then do that for yourself. If that means going in to take a bath with candles and soft music, then do that for yourself. If you find you need this time to cry, do so. Pillows and towels are wonderful tools to sob into. And if your spouse and you have endured the death of a child, you need to negotiate that time for each other. Also, if you have other children, their needs are also important. Don't forget your grieving children. They, too, are suffering and need help to address their pain. As time moves on, it will be necessary for you to rebuild those mental muscles once again. It will be time to re-strengthen your intellectual muscles. When you are ready, do find a book, take a class, rejoin your hobby, little at a time. If you feel it's too much, you can always ask a dear friend to join you so you don't feel so overwhelmed. We also have the need to reminisce about our loved ones, to talk about them, to discuss all the different things we did with them at one time or another. Sometimes family members don't want to discuss them or say their names, and you have to let them know that it is important to you that they use your loved one's name when they speak about him or her. And yes, they should speak about him or her often. You need to tell them, just because I speak about dad through the tears doesn't mean that I am not happy to discuss our life together. Family and friends sometimes act like our loved ones never existed when they don't discuss them and it becomes an almost taboo subject because they are afraid it will bring you too much pain if they were to start a conversation about them. You need to help them understand that when they talk about him or her, it brings you joy remembering the happy times. Now you may have a desire to rationalize or intellectualize your feelings about the loss. Sometimes you are not at a level where you can say, my child was murdered, or my child took his life. So you might be saying things like, when the accident happened, or when they died. That makes it a little bit less real for you, a little bit less painful. You haven't yet gotten to the point 
where you can truly say what happened and you struggle with that. And that's fine. When you can, you'll move to a place where you'll be able to admit the truth about the circumstances of their death without embarrassment. It happened. It was real. You only harm yourself by covering up the truth. And it's also important to acknowledge that you might be thinking about taking your own life. This is a topic many people do not like to discuss. But the truth is, many of us who have experienced the death of a loved one, a beloved loved one, do think about suicide from time to time when the pain seems to get too great. You are not alone. Almost all of us have, at some point during our grieving process, wondered whether it would be better just to cut the journey short and end it all. Well, my friend, remember, there is a big difference between thinking about it and doing it. We all go through such great sadness. When the pain gets so intense, it is natural to search for ways to alleviate that pain. We all do this. So don't be embarrassed to have such thoughts. Just remember, you know that nothing would be solved from acting upon it. You would only hurt those around you more than they already hurt now. You need to know that you will definitely get through this painful episode, this confusion. You will wake tomorrow morning and you will move forward. You may not think so right now, but you will. If you find yourself in need of a confidential friend to talk to when you feel this way, please call the Suicide Prevention Crisis Hotline in your community. On my site, www.marymac.info, there is a tab at the top for Crisis Resources. There you will find the phone numbers for those centers around the world. Write that number on a sticky note and place it in your wallet or your purse. Stick it on your mirror or refrigerator. And if you feel blue or you can't seem to shake these thoughts, please call that hotline. Please. Most are available 24 hours a day and have trained counselors to speak with about your grief. And you don't ever need to give your name. And remember, don't just call when you feel totally out of control. Use these hotlines when you are having a difficult time coping and just need someone to talk to. There will be times when you feel like you've burdened your family and friends enough. Perhaps you've gotten the subtle signs that you should be over this by now. So don't get angry. Get help. Reach out to others in the community who are always willing to listen to your pain. So if you find yourself awake and you are pacing the floor at 2 a.m. with a knot in your stomach, your family is sleeping, 
and your support system is not there for you right now. This is the perfect time to call the hotline. It is essential that you talk to people. There will be times when you feel you don't want to share what's going on with the people in your family, and that's when a trained counselor is perfect for you. You might think something is embarrassing, or you don't want your family members to know about those particular feelings. But with an anonymous hotline, now you have a safe place to share your feelings. Mostly, I want you to remember that all these feelings are natural and normal. And everyone's timeline as to when the fog will lift and when you will feel stronger to re-engage with social gatherings and hobbies is totally up to you. I want you to get help when you need it. Use the crisis hotlines when it feels unmanageable. Please be kind to yourself. I'm sending all-encompassing hugs to you. So now it's time to get up and dance, dance, dance. And I know you think this is really silly, but please do it for me anyway, okay? so much for listening in today and share my podcast with those who may benefit from this knowledge. Remember to continue writing five things in your journal each night that you are grateful for. Please subscribe to my podcast and rate and review at www.themarymaxshow.com. Sign up there for my private email list so we can stay in touch. And as always, remember to be happy because you deserve to. I'll speak with you again soon.